on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. All the little things, all those things that you wouldn't think matter, they matter, right? Yeah. It's just a little extra appreciation. It's something outside of the box. I feel like it always goes back to something that you wanted as an employee and you never got. Can you That's see right. it? You feel it? You think about that. And for you and I, it's fun. It's fun to see people's reactions to something that you thought about and then took it to that next step and actually executed on it. So it's yeah. rewarding as well. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf, Gathering the Kings podcast. I've got Jason Hughes here on the King stage. Jason, how we doing? We're doing great, man. Thanks for having me today, Chaz. I'm a big fan. Uh, you know, I appreciate that. And uh, for the listeners, this is our second go around at this. <laughs> for, you know, 325 plus episodes, and I have had to re-record two times because the ether some, somewhere out there is our first recording. <laughs> In a cloud, it's, it's somewhere. In a cloud somewhere, who knows? Maybe Zoom's got it. Maybe maybe That's the internet. Right. I don't know. Maybe maybe Elon has it. Elon he took it to Mars. I really Somebody don't know. Somewhere. <laughs> and and if they listened to it, they would have gotten some great value. But we're, we're going to do a re-record here today because it was just too good to pass up. We had to get it recorded again. So I appreciate you coming back to the King stage, my brother. Absolutely, it's going to be better this time anyway, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> Well, uh, Jason, tell us what kind of business is that you have. Yeah, so I'm in the real estate development business. We have a business that is a project management company, real estate development for other entities. So we always use the example. We work for sports teams. We work for healthcare, private ed, data centers is a big firms that we work for as well. And then we have another firm that is development for ourselves, all apartment driven, multifamily in the Southeast. Yeah, love that. There's, there's some differences in the way those things are developed. And so maybe, maybe you'll be able to speak to that and kind of, yeah, it's like doing the same thing, but doing it differently. Right. There's some, there's some mindset there. I think that's, that's required. So I'm going to try to dig into that a little bit be, before we get rolling though. You know, I, I'm also curious to know if this question has maybe changed a little bit since the last mm -hmm. time we recorded, but I want to know why, what's the burning desire? What's inside of Jason? That's so freaking burning hot right now of why you do what you do. You know, it's, 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 it's a passion for me. It, it really truly is. And I know that sounds cliche for somebody who may have not started their business or early in their career or something like that, but it, it surely is like, I don't look at work as work. I look as it as improvement, you know, a challenge an opportunity to exceed. I look at in that light every single day. And it's, it's honestly become fun. It wakes me up in the morning. It keeps me up at night. It's, it's always a new challenge. How do we get better? How do we do this? And, and I really have enjoyed the call it, I don't call it the second half of my career. I'm 24 years into it. I guess I am entering into that second half of my career. I hope, I guess, I hope I'm not working yeah. much longer, but uh, you know, that, that part of it where you're, you're becoming more of a mentor and using your experience yeah. on a day-to-day -day basis and, and talking to somebody and, and, and making them better and making them realize their talents and bringing that out of them, that. That's yeah. that part becomes really fun on a day to day basis as a, as a business owner. You're a freaking king, dude. That's that's kingship right there. <laughs> it's you fun, know? you know. It's you know, it's it's good to get out there and meet more people and bring more people into the company. We, you know, even since the last time we talked, we're over over forty employees, and and it's it's been fun. I mean, starting with three just four years ago and growing it to over forty now, and you know, we're in billions of dollars of construction that we're we're managing on a day to day basis. It's a it's a lot of it of exposure experience and stuff like that. But it, again, it's, it's back to passion and being fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, like you said at the beginning, it, it feels a little, you know, rounded of an answer, but it's real. Like when, when, when you're yeah. in the shoes and you feel it, you're like, I am living fulfilled really is probably a good way to say it. Like my cup is full. My question to you, I was, I was talking to another, you know, high performing business owner just a couple of days ago. And we were talking about 
you know, there's this like trick that we play on ourselves of always, you know, wanting more, always moving the goalposts a little bit, you know, always thinking bigger. And like you said, just having a passion for just playing the game. Like, I don't want to, I don't want the game to end. I want another yeah. 24 years. Like this is, <laughs> I love the game. Right. So what's your trick or what's your, you know, philosophy maybe on moving the goalposts or making bigger goals or staying engaged. We're 24 years into this industry. You're four years into your, this specific business, but you're like all the way into your career, 24 years and going, I'm more excited now. I'm more passionate now. I'm more alive now. I wake up like, like it's Christmas every morning now more than ever. How, how, how do you do that? You know, it's, it, I will, and again, I'll probably giving some cliche answers at the end of the day, but again, I feel like it's real, which is the employees, you know, I, I've got such good talent, good people. I started this young leadership group with inside of the company and I've got three individuals that are a part of it and I'm, and just meeting with them and trying to help train them. It gets me excited watching them because I continue to tell them, I don't want to be me forever. And I don't want to be the president of this company. I want you guys to have the opportunity to do it. And it's here. I don't know if that's five years, 10 years, 15 years, but the opportunity is here. And every time you meet, you kind of feel it. You feel it in them and they want more time. They want to understand how, where do I get to it? And when you get into that flow of, of feeling and, and talking and you see their passion for it, I mean, it just brings it all together at the end of the day for you and go, I got to do more of this. I want it. I, they want it. You know, and that's, I really think that's just, you know, building that culture inside of the recipe. And I know, and again, a cliche word, but I am waking up and going to bed as the last first thought, last thought every day is the company culture and just building it for everybody that shows up. And I love seeing everybody wants to come to the office and they don't have to come to the office. They want to be there. Yeah. Yeah. We, in our last recording that, you know, <clears throat> maybe one day we'll find, <laughs> we talked a lot about, Somebody, yes. we, yes. that, was, that was a good yeah, chunk of what we talked about. Yeah. And, and I remember the passion then about your people and just really obsessing over culture. Would you say, like, maybe there's like steps here of, of the business owner who's listening. Tell me if you agree with this or maybe if you would move some of these steps around. But based on our last conversation and what I'm hearing you say now, it's aligning with what I think about culture. Like, it, it, yes, it's cliche, but we can't just brush it off because it's cliche. It's, in essence, the 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 peak thing that a CEO can do. And I think right below that is probably marketing, right? Like you have to be able mm. to, you got to be able to grow your business, right? Sales and marketing kind of go together, but really marketing. But but that last like thing <laughs> to master yeah. or or really that you're going to live in as the king or the CEO or the, the visionary, whatever you want to call yourself as the leader of the business, that's the last like notch that you really, you're going to live in for quite some time. And it's culture. And that sounds mm -hmm. cliche, but would you mm -hmm. agree with like, that's kind of like you, I mean, you start the business, you grow the team, you got to get good at this, this, that, you know, kind of all the way up the ladder, but that last, like, mm, I got to make sure I'm really good on this for like a long time. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, I, I, I think last time you were talking, I said something to our director of marketing afterwards, how did it go? All that kind of stuff. And one of the things I said to her was, you know, one thing I said that I, I want to make sure that we embody in our company is execute uh, the cliche. Like, That's because so you, you talk about it and again, you, you get lost in this cliche thing in culture. So I said, you know, when we do meetings, there's got to be intent, right? In any yeah. business here, there's intent to the meeting. There's purpose to the meeting. There, there, right. You need to create value in the meeting when you as an individual are in the meeting, right? So getting yeah. back to culture, I said, it needs to be number one on our agenda. Yeah. In our internal meetings, in our staff meetings, it, if you don't have that intent there, it'll get lost. So every every week we start our meetings with, culture and philanthropic. Those are those two things. We got Love a it. thousand other things to go through to make sure that the company is a performing yeah. company. It's still for-profit business, all that kind of stuff. That's right. People, all that's at the top of the list because I think if you start with that top of mind, top of the list, you yeah. will execute the cliche. You will do yeah. the intent that you're trying to do and making sure that our people internally and our clients are serviced to, to our ability, to the yeah. best of our ability and what we know how to do. So it's it is a lot of that, of, of, to your point of process and just making sure that it is top of list, top of mind all the time. Right. What are we doing? How are we doing it? Have we planned it? Do, does our team know? Put it on everybody's calendar. Like you've got to do all those, execute all those steps to make sure it comes to fruition and happens. Yeah. Execute the cliche. That's Using it. that. I mean, I love that, bro. I mean, obviously that's <laughs> going to be a huge quote. I'm, I'm like 
here you go, podcast producer, just <laughs> up a softball. Holy cow. Okay, so using this language, executing the cliche, inside of culture specifically, what I hear, and I want you to kind of expound on what I'm about to say. Mm -hmm. I want you to, I want, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take your, your, your cliche and execution, and I want you to tell me how to do it. But when I think of culture, yes, there's process. That's like one side of it. You have to be intentional on process, but you also have to be intentional. The fact that we're humans, we're people. Right. And, right. and I, from our last conversation, I know that that's like deep in you. What we mm -hmm. just got done talking about though, was the process. So yeah. talk to me about what's the cliche or what are you executing on specifically when it's like, okay, yes, my team is here. It's on the calendar. We're all communicated. We're like, we want to be here, but like, underneath all of that there's humans oh yeah right 100%. What's, what's what's the intentionality there how do you execute That's, that it's you know what's really funny jazz is it, it's weird for me for all the employees to look at me as the president of the company it is it's i know that sounds weird but it, it is weird for me yeah because i remind them constantly i was an employee for 20 years yeah right i was you i know what you think i know what you say i know how you do it i know you you don't always agree with the boss. I know right. all that stuff that you think. And it's like, you have to yeah. remind them of that, which is kind of funny, right? Because it's like, yeah. well, I, I get it, right? I know what you want. So you, what do I do? I put myself in, in work where I was and I put myself in their shoes constantly, which is how did I feel? What did I like? What did I want? What did I yeah. need? What did I, and, and, and as you know, everybody's different. So I can't give, it's not the same recipe for each individual, That's but right. you learn those people, right? We did. We did something the last year where we did everybody's Enneagram test. Yeah. And I really studied it. And I still tell people, I, well, I know you're a two and that's a two thing. I, you know, but it, it helps me get into it with, you know, yeah. okay, I know they're an eight or I know they're a six. And, and yeah. you know, some people, you know, I write it back and, and good email, great email. Like, so, so I'll say to them just, and, and I can tell that that's uplifting for them. Yeah. Right. Some people just need time. They need that personal touch and stuff like that. So, yeah. you know, but as president of company, you have to be nimble. You've got to be flexible and you also got to put yourself in their shoes constantly. Right. Yeah. And it, it's a hard thing to do. It is. Yes. It's a very difficult thing to do because you can't give them everything. You can't. Yeah. Or otherwise you don't have a company. You don't have a balance. Yeah. You don't have the structure that you need. And that's, that's the part I suffered with really was you got to have that organization. You got to have that structure that people still want and need. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's oftentimes, you know, for for the for the leader who's playing too much in what people want, that you you lack the process because it's kind of a little bit too free flowing. They feel like people don't want to be held down and and people don't want to be held down necessarily. They're not slaves, but right. structure is good right. for everybody. Like I was just talking to a mentor of mine 3 or 4 weeks ago and he's like, "Look, Chess, every business owner that that you talk to, that's not doing call it 5 million or more is not organized. Like, yeah. don't, don't even tell me the rest of it. They yeah. don't care. They're not organized. And in order yeah. for them to get to that level or above, they need to be organized period. And so what we're talking about in process. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So you got to build a team. You got to have sales like, yes, but being organized or having process is important, but then, okay. So once you put it into place, then what? Well, there, there's humans. You said yeah. the Enneagram, Big I use time. the culture index. Like, I need to know who I'm talking to, how to deliver the information, what it is that they want, even though that maybe we've been employees and we know how an employee thinks. The way that we thought as employees is probably different than how they're thinking. And so we still got to know, we got to have empathy. Yes. Put ourselves yeah. in their shoes, but then we got to actually like know them like individually, John or Susie or, you know, otherwise it's hard to know what they want. Yes. It, it is. And, and you got to be able to relate in some form or fashion, right? Being, yeah. being empathetic, being understanding, all that kind of stuff. I mean, getting back to that. I mean, I've, I have fought for since day one about an org chart. That's just one of those things that I'm like, hated org charts. Like we're a team, we're a team, we're a team. There's no uh, org chart. Uh, I don't even want a project org chart. But uh, now uh, it's getting to that point where it's just like, okay, everybody's kind of looking around. Does everybody report to Jason though? You know, like, what, what's that? We put some yeah. things in place, but there, I mean, if you literally, we still don't really technically have a company order chart because it's one of those things is like, is, is that good for the culture? Right. Yeah. Starting with that top of mind and, and what does it look like? And how does somebody feel and all that kind of stuff? But you, yeah. you find more and more people you hire, more and more people are dying for structure and organization. Yeah. They all, yes. they want it as much as you it. might fight it. A hundred percent. And I think as entrepreneurs, 
we we don't like people putting us in a box, right? Or Very in a structure. True. We Very like doing true. our own thing. But the reality of it is, is that they're not entrepreneurs, or at least not yet, right? You were an yeah. employee for 20 years, you said, and then you became an entrepreneur. Okay, fine. Well, so at some point, you said no to your structure, and I'm going to go create my own path. Cool. But like the people who are following you probably and most likely need structure in order to be the best, their best selves, which is what the company, the whole point of the company is, is like you said, for profit is to, to deliver a great product or service. And in order to do that, these people have to be the best of who they are. And in order to be the best of who they are, I have to not only coach and train and give them all the, the, the ingredients, but I also need to have measurements and hold them accountable and have process and meeting structure and agendas and, you know, just the stuff. <laughs> It all becomes the boring a lot stuff like, that we don't think. And it becomes a lot like parents. You and I are parents, right? It is a lot like that. Like with my kids, I'm trying yeah. to be their friend, but at the same time, you got to step in yeah. and be their parent. And that is yeah. two different things. And, and you have to draw a line with my, you know, I have a nine-year-old son and a seven-year-old daughter. And sometimes you're, you want to play, we're doing all the play, and then they kind of, yeah. you know, wander off and guess what they need? Structure. Yeah. They need you to be a parent. They need you to pull it back in and, and do what's best for them. And that's what that's you're, right. you're doing both personally and professionally, it's kind of weird how those worlds kind of mix together a little bit, right? <laughs> That's right. It's it's more true than people realize. You gave a really good uh, little, little description there that I think everybody listening will relate to. So I think you did a good job there. <clears throat> one little one little tidbit for you. You might look at, I, I don't personally relate with these because it's, it's tough. I'm very, very linear or not even linear, but like structured thinker. And so yeah. the org, org charts for me make perfect sense. Like I love them, right? It just, yeah. everybody's clear. It's good communication, but for you, you might look, they had these circular org charts. <laughs> we and, created one. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so we in that, that in that there's still like, you know, this team is over here and they report yeah. this. So there's, there's clarity, but, but it's like, yeah. it makes it feel circular <laughs> as opposed to pyramidical or whatever that word is, you know? So it's like, Okay, if that makes you feel better, if that if that's the culture, cool, sounds good. But like, we still need to know, like, who do I go to? You know, that's really what yeah. we're trying to accomplish. Like, in the midst of clear communication and process and structure, who's my leader, right? Because Jason can't lead forty people. That's not possible. Right. Yeah, and it's efficiency, right? It's a funny story is I think so. I have three excellent women that surround me on a day to day basis that really help me run the company, right? Our, awesome. our VP of finance, our director of marketing, and our office manager. And one day, I, I don't know if they created it or how it got created, but that circular org chart was slid in front of me. <laughs> how about this? <laughs> Mr. Anti-org chart. How about, you know, and, and now I think we've, our relationship has evolved to where yeah. they, and I, and, I, and I love them in this regard, is like, I tell them every day, challenge me. Don't yep. just, just because it comes out of my mouth, I promise yep. you, I want to be challenged. I need to be challenged. I need the structure. I need the organization. And that's why these three women have come together and really have helped me. It's really balanced us, right? Because sometimes I'll get a little bit not, not loosey-goosey because it's still at the core of me. I'm still a project manager, which is process, which is yeah. organization, which is structure, which is proactive. It's all those things. I still have that. But when it comes yeah. to the company, they do a better job of helping me really bring that in and saying, okay, Jason, here's the org chart. What do you think about this? And kind of challenge right. me to get something out there. That's right. It, you know, the, the people will, you know, basically demand what they need. And it, and it is funny just to hit this home for the listener really is that oftentimes as entrepreneurs, we, we have these, you know, rounded ways of doing things, not super direct, not super clear because, you know, we don't personally want to be in a box for you. It's an org chart. For me, it's titles. Like I really could care less about titles. I'm just like, you know what? Like, we're just, like you said, we're just a team. Like I don't need some fancy title. I don't know why you need a fancy title. To me, it's just ego. Right. Okay. But underneath that, there is, there's clarity. There's understanding what my job is. Like, how do I win? Like all of those things get a little bit muddy. If I don't know what is my job called? What, what is the job description? Who do I report to? What are the measurements? Like those things feel like I'm micromanaging, but it's like, no, actually, actually I'm setting them up for success. Right. And we oftentimes don't need that ourselves because we're just doers. It's like, well, right. okay, no, I actually do need to slow down enough to give them a title, to give them a job description, you know, to help them help, you know, create a scorecard. So that way they know how to win. What does winning look like? What does losing look like? Because we don't want, we don't want right. to lose. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. hundred percent. It's, and again, that's, that's a lot of going back to it. I had a title one day and I wanted the next title and I wanted the next title. Right. And so 
you think about it because you, you know you can get lost a little bit sometimes in the I'm a president of a company kind of title, right? And right. so you know when somebody's like director, and they're like, hey, how do I get the senior director? And you're like, really? Yeah. <laughs> you know, is that is you know is it really the title or is it is it is it the money? But what, what's the drive, right? And you're trying to unpack right. it a little bit to understand what it is. And so it is hard because I'm the same way. Like the title thing, it's like. And go to a bank and you can have all the illustrious titles that you, you ever wanted in your life, right? You can start day one if you're vice president, vice president of banking, right? That's, you get the title right out of the gate. So they lure you in. That's right. That's right. I, I think that for high achievers, right? Because what you said, you know, 10 minutes ago was I have A players, I have an incredible oh, team. Yeah. And if we are recognizing who you already have, but then, you know, for the listener, I want to build a team of A players. Okay, great. Well, guess what? A players operate in a certain way. And A players want to achieve the next thing. And so if they don't know how to achieve the next thing or the next title or the next bonus or the whatever, why have an A player? Yeah, it's, it is, it's the hardest thing is to have all A players. And, and I know that that sounds crazy because everybody, I, I do get a lot of compliments of like, how do you find this talent? Where are you going? Well, how did you do this and all that kind of stuff? It's hard in a lot of ways. One is managing expectations. Everybody wants to be the best and you got 40 plus of people trying to want to be the best. That's a hard thing to do. And guess yeah. what also happens? They leave. They start their own companies. They've learned yeah. how to do this thing and they go out and they start their own ones and that's painful, right? That's and painful. It's, and it's, it's like God almighty, you know, you know, then you kind of get into this mindset of like, am I, am I teaching too much, right? Am I giving out the secret sauce and the recipe? Because now they feel like they've got it and they go out and start their own ones. Look, you know, there's, you know, people talk about the, you know, the Nick Saban tree of coaching or the Bill Parcells tree of coaching and all that kind of stuff. And you go, you know, what? I can't stop what I do, right? Because it's still the right thing for the company is to still yeah. go all in, teach everybody. And if they decide to take that recipe and go start their own gig and do it, God bless them. It's the yep. best thing for them and their family. And I'll be yep. their biggest fan because guess what? I'd be a hypocrite to say, no, go, don't go do that. I did it. Yeah. Right. And so that's right. It, that's right. It's a hard, hard balance to have that many A players. And, and I think we are very blessed and I'm very fortunate when people look, especially in the Atlanta market, but I hopefully it's grown to the Southeast because we do have a Jacksonville office now where people go and look at our company and go, that's the best company. And that's the goal, right? It, you know, culture philanthropic and to be the best. Right. And so people are starting to identify our company like that, which I'm very proud to say, and it's not because of Jason, I don't mean to make it sound that way. It's because of everybody in the organization and it's because we have eight players and getting back to it. It's hard. It's not easy to have all eight players. Right. Yeah. No, you're, you're, you're right. It's not, it's a different challenge. <clears throat> we can say it yeah. like that. It's a different game. I think that everything that I want the listener just to, again, kind of going off of this, like, you know, execute the cliche. Hey, Chaz Wolf here. As many of you know, I have been on an absolute mission to help entrepreneurs from all across the country in many different industries level up their game and grow their business and intentionally connect with other entrepreneurs. We do that obviously through the podcast, but we also have a peer-to-peer -peer mastermind group specifically for seven to nine-figure business owners. We are bringing some of the best and most successful entrepreneurs and minds together in a regular and super intentional way to not only grow our network, but to be able to leverage. And at a certain point in business, success becomes about leverage, leveraging time, leveraging resources, leveraging key relationships. This is exactly what we're doing inside of the peer-to-peer -peer mastermind group called Gathering the Kings, specifically for seven to nine-figure business owners. So if that's you, if you're ready to level up your seven to nine-figure business even to the next level and get around other big hitters just like you, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com, fill out a short application, and uh, it'll come to an application uh, call with me, and I want to chat with you to see if it might be a good fit. Talk soon. If, if you just go back about three minutes and listen to everything Jason just said again, he really just gave you a, a little bit of a blueprint. I want to I want to dive more into this. Using my like mm -hmm. good decision, bad decision, I, I, I can't remember ex exactly what your answers were last time we recorded, but I want to keep this 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 lane. Culture people because in today's environment it's a real thing it's a real struggle finding a players developing b players into a players c players into b players. i mean all of this is a game that we play right and i don't mean to like put p 
people in a category of a game, but I mean, as sure. a business, this is, this is the sure. game of business. This is the game of people in life. It's developing and it's, it's, it's growing, it's leveling up, wanting to go to the next level. And so what would you say using this good decision kind of format, what is a good decision that you've made in being able to have a players, or is it a, a recruitment style? Is it a, something that you do in the team that draws people in? Is it like, what's been a good decision that you've made that's created this a player pool that you have? Yeah. So for what we do on a day-to-day basis, I, I always, when I, I have my interview skill set has definitely evolved, right? As for what yeah. you look for with people and stuff like that. That's and right. really I, I try and dig into the intangibles. Okay. Right. You, right out of the gate. I try, my first questions are always tell me about yourself. And I try and leave it a little bit open-ended and blank because I want to because I want to hear the answer. Do they do they dive into personal? Do they dive into professional? And I would say four out of five of them go right into professional. That's right. I love the ones that start with the personal. Yeah. And 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 if they go professional, usually my next question is, well, tell me about yourself. Where are you from? Mm -hmm. You know, where did you grow up? Draw back. Try and draw it back into because I want to know the person. Right. That's right. I want to understand what, what kind of person are they? Right. And I will say, you know, a couple of people I'll give credit to Rich McKay, who's the CEO, now the CEO of the Atlanta Falcons and AMBC, right. Arthur's businesses, has taught me a lot about that on how they draft players, like really diving in and like knowing their parents, like mm-hmm. really diving into that background. So, so getting back to this is I, I try and understand the person, right? Because I feel like what we do on a day to day basis, I can teach them real estate. I think right. we've, we've got people in the organization that can really teach them construction, design, and real estate, right? But what I can't teach them is the intangible things. Do they have passion? Do they have drive? Are they proactive? You know, all those kind of things. Like the, yeah. the, the resume of the, is great. What's on paper is great. Where they got their degree is all great. But usually in the first, I'm sure you've done this, in the first five minutes, you can oh, yeah. kind of tell what individual you're talking to and meeting with in person and stuff like that. And I really try and dive into that first and foremost. Yeah. And then if it drags out to that hour, it's usually because you've got something here. And, and, and I will say, it's, it's, I, it's, people always ask me, what's the ratio of people you interview to people you hire? It's four to one, something yeah. like that. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a pretty high number, but because it's just, you've got to find that person that you want to be around that fits the company culture, that's going to fit with the team for the project, all, all that stuff. Yeah, you're you're beginning five minutes there. I want to dive into that for for just a half second because there's so much yeah. value right there in that. And so <clears throat> you you mentioned Enneagram earlier. I use the culture index. And so without even them filling it out, I I'm a studied individual, right? I'm a yeah. studied leader, I'm a studied personality person. And so when I'm talking to this individual within the first few minutes, just like you, I know a yeah. lot. Yes. And I'm just like you, almost to the T. Tell me about yourself. And for the ones yeah. that go right into professional, I bring it right back. I go, okay, great. Well, like, tell me about where you're from. Tell me about your family. Tell, like, because exactly. those things are obviously important. But what I'm trying to actually do in that moment is I'm trying to let them know that it's important to us. Well right? said. Very you know? well said. Because a lot of times, the reason why they dive into the professional is because they're trying to impress. Because I think that yeah. so that's what we want, right? We want them to be all about the job and to be like work hard and, and come early, stay late. And all of those things are important. Sure. but. Who's the person? Hundred percent. So you're yeah. actually creating an experience for them. Hundred percent. That they probably have never been interviewed like this ever. No, I I want to know the individual. I want to know the person. I want to know what drives them. I want to know. I mean, it's probably the third and fourth question is, what do you want to do? You're you're talking to us. This is an interview. But what do you want to do? What, yeah. what drives you? And then you know, then I kind of break it down a little bit. Of what market sectors? Right, the companies in eight. 10 market sectors and everywhere from healthcare to sports, to entertainment, to, to churches, to schools. What, what, if, if you looked at our website and you study this, which another thing I always kind of pick up on is people that <laughs> say that in interviews, there. it's always a good check for me when they say, yeah. Hey, I was looking at your website. Like yeah. that is like, okay, they're proactive. They, they check the box that I'm looking for in that. And so I, you kind of look for all those kind of cues now and, it's almost like the more you go through, the more checklists that you have to kind of go, yeah, yeah, this one's starting to fall in line to where I think we can have more of a conversation. Yeah. 
I think well, the point I want to hit home for the listener that you made just so beautifully a few minutes ago was that I want to know the person because I can teach them the skill set, right? You can teach them real estate. You can teach them construction. You can teach them all these, the, the tactics, the day-to-day. Yeah. That's not a big deal. But in today's environment, it's not really the technician that I'm looking for. I'm looking for the hungry, humble, and smart, as Patrick Lencioni calls it in, in the ideal team player. I'm looking for the right person, and then I can yeah. put them in the right seat based on either personality or skill set or whatever. That attitude or that individual, that person, you're not going to find out who they really are unless mm-hmm. you provide an environment inside the interview or even multiple interviews or multiple interviews with multiple people in your company, sometimes even dinner with the spouse, depending upon you know how much of a, of a role that they're going to have. Like, I really need to know this individual as a person. I need to know how they are as a dad. I need to know, you know, who they are, like yeah. in all facets of life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure we could we could probably take a lot of time and swap stories on interviews of good ones and bad ones, right? A quick bad one was, you know, one time I was talking to an individual and he's like, hold up, hold on a second. I'm just starting my run. That's how they started the interview. And it was just kind of one of those moments like to the, to the first five minute rule, you kind of knew where that was going. Is this just not important enough that, you know, whatever, right? We wanted, to, we just hired, actually just started this week down here in Jacksonville. And, and uh, you know, why, why are you talking to me? Why are you interested in the company? And his first answer was my family. Yeah. And you want to talk about, all right, I, now I'm in my seat and I'm strapped in and I'm focused into this anymore because yeah. this guy's got some of the intangibles that you look for. I want to move back. I want to be home. I want my, my son's, you know, 13 years old. He wants me to coach his baseball team. I'm always on the road with this construction company. I can be, and then you're just, you're locked in and you're going, okay. And this, those are just two examples. Again, just getting into, I like to give examples to, to a good interview and a bad interview. And those are two that just stick out in my mind right away. Yeah. I love the examples. And I also love the distinction of, of probably the position that he was applying for, because if he was applying for a traveling project manager, that was not a good interview. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's exactly right. I don't need a guy who's got a 13-year-old son who he wants to, you know, coach his baseball team applying for a traveling position where he's going to be going <laughs> half the month. Right. However, exactly right. your point was more that he's a wholesome individual, that he has family, yeah. that he cares for his family. That's the type of individual that you're trying to build your team around inside the business. Okay, fine. So let's let's find the role or the the commitment that's that's that fits his lifestyle. That's right. But the individual is what we're what we're analyzing in the interview. That's right. That's right. That. No, it's it's always about that. It's always about them. And 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 to your point, you made a great point earlier, which is sometimes you got to pull it out of them, right? You want them to feel in a comfortable zone yeah. because you know, again, getting back to, uh, I interviewed for jobs, right? I think right. the people sometimes that you're interviewing forget that you did that at one point in your life, right? That's and right. So you're trying to sit there going, it's it's a little bit of a nervous situation, and that's why I try to go to the personal side of things. Because that should be any individual's comfort zone, right? right? Get them comfortable in the setting so that they get to a point to where you want to get to, as well as understand the individual, understand what they want, understand their passions, get them comfortable. And that's, it's not an easy thing to do because interviews usually are stuffy and stuffy. Exactly. It's, it's not, not, not the most favorite thing in the world to do. Yeah. It's so interesting that you use the word comfortable because I did a video, I think we cut it up as a reel, just, I don't know, maybe a month or so ago. And I almost word for word was saying what you're saying, which is in an interview process, I'm trying to get them comfortable. Not only do I want them, you know, like I want them to know that I care and I, and I want them to know what we're like, because I'm selling them as much as I think that they're selling me. Right. Oh yeah. But I can't get to know them if they're not in a comfortable place, which is everything that we just got done talking about. And so I got a little backlash on like, you know, like not being direct and being like, you know, like, you know, wishy-washy with people or like, you know, being fluffy. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> We're not talking about being fluffy. We're talking about being real, genuine. Yeah, exactly. How am I supposed to actually know who this person is if I don't create an environment that's not stuffy? Like, okay, fine. You want me to go through the checklist of an interview? Okay. I got my checklist. I got my piece of paper. Where are you from? Check. What's your right. experience? Check. How many people have you managed before? Check. Like, why did you leave? Check. That yeah. doesn't tell me anything about whether this person is going to be a good fit for me on this team or not. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and if you don't know them, because here's the other thing, you got to pull out that personality because if you're hiring them to be a part of another team, it's not right. working with you on a day-to-day basis. You're hiring them to work on another part of the team. You've got to understand that person and if they fit that team. That's right. That's a whole other part of, I always right. use Rubik's Cube. 
for everything, right? That's, That's right. part of the Rubik's Cube is aligning those colors together on that right side is making sure so good. I've already got four rock stars on this project. I need the fifth one. And yep. they don't fit with with the, the four, even though they might be a good individual. Yep. That's another part of that Rubik's Cube that just might not align up that we got to go, okay, well, that unfortunately, that's not good. So you have to get them comfortable. You have to under, understand who they are as an individual. Yeah, the, the converse of what you just said for the listener is if you put somebody on that team who's not a good fit, then you potentially take an already greatly operating team and destroy it. Exactly so, right. Okay, so now we're going back to, okay, so this seat or this hat as a CEO of Culture Builder, this is what we're talking about. One mm -hmm. of our one of our core values with, with Gathering the Kings is that we're architects of culture. And literally, we, we, we bring people into their best, but we also have to architect the whole entire situation or we have to master, you know, puppet the whole thing because somebody has to be paying attention to what you just said. Okay, there's three people over here and these are their personalities. These are the roles that they're playing and I know them and I'm studied and I know how they work together. And if I make one little move and put this guy over here, that could destroy not only just the, the synergy of that, of that group, but then that now their confidence in me to be able to mm -hmm. build the team, right? Like I need to put the right person in that mix so that that way, not only it works, but then they look at me and go like, dude, I don't know how you put this team together, but <laughs> thank you. That should be the response. A hundred percent. And we also have to recognize it's not a static thing. That's yeah. the evolution happens, right? Because, That's you right. know, again, we do real estate projects. Some, most of the time we're on a project for three, four, five years. Like they're, long, they're big projects and take a lot of time, due to diligence to design and construct. Right. And so you can think that you set up a team the right way. Right. And you've got that, that, but guess what happens? You know, evolution, they grow up, they might want this person's job. They, they're just, right. you know, so you, you can't take it for granted. It is a daily thing. And I force myself, I shouldn't say force, but I do force myself to go check in. Hey, is everything all right on that project? It's been a while since I've really gone over there and spun that plate and make sure it's spinning in the right direction and, and everybody's happy. And so I force myself to go back and check in and not take for granted that yeah. you just set up the right team, right? So that's another, that's right. another part of the equation that I think sometimes gets dropped a little bit. Oh yeah. Not a little bit. I would say often I, yeah. I can even think back to situations in myself where I had, you know, multiple locations in my franchise business. And, you know, you, you put it, you put a team in place, you put a leader in place and yeah, I'm like checking in, but like not, not down in there, you know? Yeah. Right. And it doesn't have to mean that I need to get into the business. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about right. just like a really healthy temperature check because it's easy not to. <laughs> When, when you put a team together and then you got other things going on, other projects, but I'm hearing you say that, no, no, make it a priority to stay in tune, right? Not, not in the project, not in the business, but stay in tune with that leader, that team, because things change, things evolve, other pieces might be needed or need to be removed or replaced, mm -hmm. fill in the blank, right? Yeah, it's, and it's a, it's, it's a time thing, which is always, we're always trying to find margin, right? We're always trying to find, how do I create more time to do those things that I want to do? But I think yeah. that it's one of those things that, that should rise to the top of a priority list is don't take it for granted because it was set up the right way out of the gate, check in. And to your point, there's the right way to check in. There's a level that you need to check in. Don't question somebody or you're doing your job. It's not that kind of check in. It's just like, you're all right. Everything good. Everything good at home. Everything's you know, good, you work with your peers, good. And, you know, it's usually two or three questions and you'll be shocked at the answer that you get. And you if go, you're okay. being genuine and you're asking real exactly. questions. Exactly. And you'll, you'll be shocked at the answer you get. And you also go, okay, it is good. You know, I, I'm, I'm good. It, it, everything's good over here. Or mm, might need to peel away at this onion a little bit because something, I feel something's in my gut that's not right here. And, and that's, that's part of being a president, right? At the end of the day is yep. try and keep everything on the tracks and going in the right direction. And if you feel if your gut's there, that it's going off the tracks, you got, you got to take the time and pause and, and go investigate to try to get it in the right spot. Yeah, it's so good. Okay. So I want to take this culture at a super in-depth value that you and I have just spit for the last little <laughs> bit here. <clears throat> How do you make decisions when it comes to culture? Like I've, 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 blanketed this process for just all decisions on most of the shows, but I want to keep it specific here to culture since we've just done such a great job with this, with this topic, mm -hmm. when hiring, when doing something fun with the team, when 
firing, when taking on a project and whether it fits the team or not, like when you're making decisions that impact culture, is there a filter? Is there a decision-making process? Are there other people involved? Give us some, give us some background there. Yes. To a lot of that. Right. I, I try and always bounce it off of other people's. And I, I was actually having this conversation this morning as I have four mentors in my life and I'm very blessed to have that many mentors and I use them all for different things. And I think it's very important for everybody to have a, a mentor, whether it's one, two, three, or four, whatever that is, right. Whatever the right number is. And a lot of times I, I pick up the phone and call someone either outside the industry, a mentor outside the industry or in the industry and kind of go, you were here, you did this, is this the right thing to do? So I have a, yeah. I do two kind of checks. External is, is that you feel like this is the right thing to do or how did you do it? One or the other, right? Yep. And then the internal check is, hey guys, I'm, I'm thinking about doing this. What, what, what do you guys think about this? You know, I, I feel like this is something that the company would like. Podcasts, right? Internal podcasts, right? And then we talked about that before, which is now we have, I mean, we're seven, eight, nine episodes in of these internal podcasts. And it was kind of a, idea that's running from our first one, right? Is like, what if we did a podcast? And again, ours is internal for, for project related stuff. And maybe one day it becomes external stuff. But you know, the, okay. those are the kind of things you think about, you stew on and check outside and check in. So I, I definitely do yeah. a lot of checking to make sure that it, it feels right. And usually just like an interview, you see the reaction of our team. And if they come with their receipts to say, oh, it's a great idea. Or if they go, well, <laughs> you got your answer in the first five seconds, not the first that's, five minutes, right? It's, it's right. a different kind of gauge. And I'm a big believer in reading people's body language. That is a lot of my management skill, if you will, is just watching people react when they answer something and they look in the eye, yeah. their confidence and stuff like that. But that the culture side of things, you know, it is, it's definitely checks and balances. And so it starts at that first little bit. And then this go, how do we execute it? And again, going back to execute the cachet, culture, all that kind of stuff. How do we execute this podcast? You know, who, who's the right person to have to, you know, I have a co-host. Kendall is a rock star. Great. So him and I do these podcasts together and it's this natural flowing thing. And and, and now I've, I've got people going, hey, I listened to this podcast last night. It was awesome, right? And so you're like, okay, this is one of those things that I feel like has actually worked and, and what, what people want, right? And so, yeah. yeah. You you gave you answered my question and you answered it well. I appreciate that. I, I do want to just give a little extra kudos here to the, your inter, your internal podcast. <laughs> so you you created a show inside of your business that highlights different projects that you do, and so you and your co-host interview the project manager or other people on the projects to talk about the project when it's done, what went good, what went bad. I'm sure all those things possibly. But what you found, what you told me before we hit the record button, was that other people in your your business, your team are listening, which that was the point so that they would listen. But a lot of the feedback that you've gotten is I got to know that person, right? Yes. It was information about the project. And I, and I was like, oh, that's cool. I got to hear what was happening over on that side of the business. But what I heard you say was that they, the person listening was like, I got to hear about that employee, that person. Yes. So you're building culture, team camaraderie, Inside your team, just by letting people get to know each other better in a super cool, unique way by having an internal podcast. Like, listener, are you paying attention? <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, we have a guy that works for us, Paul, I've known forever. He's our scheduling expert, right? He's been in the scheduling side of the business for 30 plus years. He is a unique individual and all aspects, right? And just an awesome individual. So we bring him in, Ken and I bring him in. For, for an interview. And I knew going into it, I was like, this cat is going to have some nuggets. I don't know where they're going to come or how they're <laughs> going to come out, but it's just, it's the same thing. Let's get to know you and the individual before we talk about your experience and, and how do you, how do you teach the, the young project manager about how to set up a schedule the right way for success for the project. Right. And so we get into this podcast and right out of the gate, he talks about this and that, and where are you from? Born in Chicago and that kind of stuff. And, you know, when I'm five years old, you know, my mom's in the back and she calls me and she says, Hey, call not, call the doctor, call 911, blah, blah, blah. I'm having a baby. He birthed his, his brother at <laughs> five years old. And it's like, talk about culture. People, everybody's going, Hey, Paul, you know, something they would never have learned about him as an individual that they now can relate to him and go, I've got to hear more about you birthing a brother. That's wild. 1970s, right? You're birthing yeah. your brother. <laughs> yeah. It's insane, right? I I love every part of that and the facilitation of that. You, I, I know you didn't like start the podcast going, okay, 
we're going to have Paul on and he's going to talk about this and everybody's going to like, that's not, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, you didn't have that information. Like, you know, this is, we get the credit sometimes as a leader of like, wow, you set this whole thing up. Yes. He had the idea to set it up and bring people together, but it's amazing what happens when you facilitate an environment that's genuine, right? Yeah. And that, this is what culture is. I'm bringing people together and we're doing something. We're aligned. We're doing a project. We're doing a real estate. We're constructing something. We're running a mastermind group. What, whatever the team is doing, yeah. we're in align with the work. That's cool. But like inside of that, there's this group of humans. And what, do, like, what does that look like? Do they know each other? Do they want to be with, do I want to be running next to this guy or gal? All of those things matter. And the intentionality of how we do that or how we facilitate those moments is what's our responsibility, right? As the leader. And it doesn't always look like top golf and pizza, right? Like those things are cool. Exactly right. Sometimes it's super creative ways, like an internal podcast or, you know, creative huddles. You know, I remember as a sale, I'm just like drawing in my memory here. I used to I was the only sales manager of this huge company and I would do my morning huddle and we would walk around the building every Friday. And I didn't care how warm or how cold it was. My team knew Friday mornings we were walking around the building because it was just something different, something unique, something fun. And they all, they all knew like the guys that smoked, sm like they walked further back <laughs> and the guys that didn't smoke, <laughs> we walked ahead because we didn't want to smell it. But it's like, we all knew that we were going to walk around the building. That's how we were going to get our day started on Friday. And it's just fun stuff like that. That doesn't really yeah. mean anything, but it means everything, right? A hundred percent. All the little things, all those things that you wouldn't say matter, they matter, right? Yeah. It's just a little extra appreciation. It's something outside of the box. It's something, again, it's, it, I feel like it always goes back to something that you wanted as an employee and you never got, and you That's see right. it, you feel it, you think about that and you, and it's just, it's, and, it, and for you and I, it's fun. Yeah. Right. It is fun. It's just, it's fun to see people's reactions to something that you, you, you thought about and then took it to that next step and actually executed on it. So it's yeah. rewarding as well. Right. That's right. That's right. All right. Let's go through some speed round questions here. We have, we have jam packed this episode so full. I hope the listener has been taking notes. I want to know of a good book or a business resource that you'd recommend ideally on culture if possible, since let's keep the lane here, but, but whatever, if you'd like to re recommend something else. So I, I will say this, I'm a huge podcast person, right? Okay. I, I meant what I said. I do listen to your podcast and I feed off of others, right? Yeah. And that's, and that is, yeah. you do a great job of facilitating that and bringing it out of people. So I definitely listen to your podcast. So there's your, not just a plug, but it's genuine. It's, yeah. it's real, yeah. right? Ed Milet is, I don't, I don't really miss an episode of Ed Milet. I'm a big podcast person. That's where I get my information. He does a good job of mixing up things. I mean, this morning I was listening to it, right? It was just about self-confidence. Right. So to me, that's, that is my go-to resource on, on all things educational. That's great. Okay. What do you do when it comes to obsessing over your family? I'm going to take us on a left curve here a little bit. <laughs> I don't, I don't, we don't need to turn a whole nother podcast into this. Although I think you and I could really wrap on this pretty, pretty well, but I have this, this statement, work-life obsession, because balance is erroneous. How are you, Jason Hughes? obsessing over your family at the same time as obsessing over your business? What are some of the it, things that you, that you can practically teach us? It's one of those things that's intentional for me, right? My kids are, are my passion. They're my drive. They, I want to do better for them. I want to be better for them. And I think it's, it's top of mind every single day. So making sure that my intention is, is my kids and everything, every decision I make during the day is about them and making sure I set up a better path than I was provided for, which I was provided with a damn good one is, is what I think about on a day-to-day -day basis. I wear them on my wrist. I'm a tattoo guy. Right. So I just, you know, if I got them right here, it's the intention that they're there, they're with me, even when I'm traveling for work and stuff like that. Yeah. It's good, man. Again, one of those execute on the cliche, right? Execute it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Cause, cause otherwise we, it's just talk. It's empty talk. We say we're doing it, but we don't actually, we're just being busy. <laughs> exactly. Right. right. Yep. No doubt about it. One last question here for you, brother. You ready? Yeah, man. I want to know, Jason, if you had a chance to reach into the past and whisper into the younger Jason's ear, what would you say? It's a good one. That's a good one. You know, usually I would say patience. It's as fast as life really actually goes. You know, everybody's that another cliche thing, right? But, you know, if you're patient and you're intentional, and, and I wish Jason of past would have taught himself patience. It was always ready to get to the next thing. 
So you, sometimes when you're not patient, you miss out on, on life. You miss out on where you are in life. You know, your kids are being born, you know, personally, professionally, you're inside of a project and you're ready to go on to the next project. But if you, you know, if you really are intentional about that project and doing well for that project, it's actually better for you in the long run. And yeah. it's hard to, it's hard to see in the now. And I wish the Jason of the past would have been more patient in, in life in general. But I think hopefully 43 year old Jason is listening to that and be patient with everything now and enjoy, enjoy life's moments first and foremost. And then, and then the work stuff, you know, stay in the moment now. Yeah, that's right. Jason, you've been, you've been incredible for a second time now. I, I, you know, without the intention of, of turning this episode into a, a culture flow, that's exactly what you did. And I think it's super timely for just people building businesses uh, with people today. And so uh, yeah. I think you've, you've given so much value. How can the listener find you? Whether they, maybe they know someone that needs a sport, a sports complex or a, a medical building built or yeah. a church built, or, or maybe they just want to reach out to you and connect as business owners. How can they find you? Yep. So our, our website is, is pretty simple. It's impactdm.com. So all my contact information is out there for, for a reason, just accessible and reachable yeah, as, as anybody is in the, in the company. So we we're pretty active on LinkedIn. That's, that's the most popular spot that are out there. I wish I was bigger and better on social media and Instagram and stuff like that. I know we have a page and stuff like that, but most of it's on LinkedIn and our website. Okay. Sounds good. Well, we'll put all that in the show notes for you. It has been a pleasure on the second round. Honestly, in the back of my mind, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that maybe we lose this one too, and we have to do it a third time so I can spend more time with you. I got, I got a counter offer for you. I'm going to bring you on our podcast and we'll make hey, that yo. Now we're talking, right? Now we're going to interview you, bring you Absolutely. in there for that. You know, it is different. It is different to tell your story as opposed to facilitate someone else's story. So I would, I would be honored to take that invitation, but seriously. My brother, yeah. it has been a pleasure. Thank you for being here. Blessings on your family and your team. All that you're putting your hand to in 2023. Thanks for being here, brother. Same to you. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you for listening to Gathering the Kings today. I hope that you were able to pull out a few nuggets to go apply into your business right away. More importantly, though, I hope that you're realizing that it takes more to be successful than just being by yourself, doing it all on your own, carrying the weight all by yourself. What I have realized, not only in my own journey from multiple businesses and multiple different industries, and now interviewing literally over two or 300 other very successful seven, eight, and nine-figure business owners, is that it's tough to do it alone. And so Gathering the Kings literally exists to bring together successful entrepreneurs. In fact, we are putting together 1,000 kings, specifically who are grateful but not done. We're intentionally assembling kings who fight tooth and nail for their business, family, and communities. And here's what we believe, that in the pursuit of excellence in those areas, that it ignites within us the responsibility to govern power and forge a lasting legacy. So if that relates and, and resonates with you, and you know that you need people around you, sharp, qualified, other very successful business owners, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. I want you to take a look at what we're doing and see if it makes sense for you to be part of our pursuit to 1,000 Kings. Talk soon.